Hello, everyone. I hope you are having the most, uh, the most Thursday morning, the best Thursday morning ever or whenever you are listening to this episode. I have another fabulous guest for you, as I do most weeks, and I'm so excited once again to share um, who we have on today. But it's also a very exciting day for me. Um, Firelight is out, which is book three of the Shadow and Shifter series. And this book is, firstly, it's gorgeous. If you want to see the cover, go and give me a follow on Olivia Hillier author or head to Amazon right now and search Firelight. It is one of my favorite covers in the series. It's so beautiful. But this one goes a little bit into the past of the story. So it's a little bit um, a little bit different, something new, and also told by a new character. So if you have, well, not a new character, but a character that you've already met um, within the series with book one, Starseed and Quintessence. So if you haven't jumped onto those yet, I do recommend if you love a young adult paranormal romance, super exciting. Please let me know um, what you think of it. If you do like it, reach out to me on all of the platforms. I am Olivia Hillier, author everywhere. But if you are just in here listening, you're a writer and you want to learn a little bit more than, yeah, you're going to love today's guest and this is something for you. Make sure that you also go and join us on the um Facebook group, the Facebook group, the Writer's Advice Facebook group, and all the details of that is in the show notes. If you love this, please give it five stars. Please reach out to our author and let them know too what they what you absolutely loved about it. Um, but yeah, that's going to be enough rambling for me, and let's get into this episode. Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice podcast, everyone. I'm so excited because today we are joined by the fabulous Australian author, Kelly Wilson. So thank you so much for joining us today, Kelly. And thank you for having me, gorgeous. I'm very, very privileged to be in your company today. Oh, thank you. I I absolutely love chatting with you. (laughs) I'm so excited to hear so much more about your story because there's so many different things that I want to dive into. But when was the first time that you realised that you were a writer? I honestly think as a kid, um, I loved it. I, I always had a really vivid imagination and, you know, dabbled like we all do and wrote and wrote. And then, you know, kids came and career came. I'm a teacher by trade, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> so I never really gave myself the time. Yeah or was brave enough to go, you know what, I've got to try this. Yeah. Um, and it's one thing I can thank COVID for really, because we were stuck at home so much. And I was that teacher online that had the remedial literacy kids that super, super, super did not want to be online with me. <laughs> and like some of the classes were like, guys, are you there? Is anyone there? And so I thought, what can I do to engage these kids? So 
that was actually how my first picture storybook was born. I thought, oh, my dog's crazy. I'll write about him. And they loved it. And I went, oh, okay. That's how it started, really. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's awesome. So, I got, yeah, dive a little bit more into that because I didn't know it. So you, like, picture books is how you started, essentially? That yeah. Was your and yeah. I've always been um, kind of literacy has always been my thing in schools. I'm always just love reading and the rhyming and I was always really good at rhyming and making up crazy stories so I found the picture books fun but didn't grab me to the point I knew there was more in me that I wanted to do yeah so I I did Hudson Houdini which is this this little cutie here (laughs) and there's five stories in that one and then um Lady Lulu came about which was it's so stunning yeah so beautiful and I absolutely loved doing that too and then somehow I went to a dark and deep Afghanistan Taliban story with a young adult novel (laughs) (laughs) I love this so much so this is such a process so yeah like those those like the picture books just kind of came out of you naturally I want to know more about diving into that too like did you did you have to work with an illustrator? And what is the process of? Because I haven't had a children's book author on yeah. here yet, and so I want to know okay, a little bit yeah. more about that process first, if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. It was heaps of fun. I literally wrote Hudson and Lulu one after the other, and like we all do, I was rejected a million gazillion times from lots of different. Just the manuscript, no pictures yeah. or anything, because. Um, probably as you know um, you send off and most publishers are not interested in illustrations because they've got their own people yeah but you know it was at the point Hudson was okay but I I felt Lulu was a cool little story but it just wasn't getting picked up and I thought I'm going to do one of those critiquing sessions where they actually analyze your manuscript and tell you basically how to improve it yeah and um, I, I did that um, and it was so insightful and I learned so much and I rewrote the book and it was picked up straight away. And um, luckily I had, uh, was given a, another, because I'm a crazy animal person, right? So yeah. so any animal story to me is like spot on true. Yeah. And luckily my illustrator that I had, Emma Hay, is absolutely brilliant. And she's also a crazy cat lady. <laughs> so she pitched to the publisher to be able to illustrate straight this book um and she's done an an amazing job so I'm so grateful that's (laughs) so beautiful and before I dive into Afghanistan when it comes like quite like the the process of switching switching what what would you pass on for someone who is writing a children's book or or going down that path and and wanting to publish more in that genre like what were your biggest takeaways from when you did the the manuscript assessment etc well, the market is flooded, as yeah. we know, and there are lots and lots and lots of really talented authors that that I don't actually think get a look in. Mm. Um, I've learnt, you know, it, it, it is a really hard industry to break into. My, my advice would be try to find something that is so, so different to what's out there, which is really hard yeah. because, you know, everything's written about. Yeah. I think I was really lucky with Lady Lulu because 
it was kind of based on a true story, which which fact turned into fiction. This this is my crazy cat, and she is best friends with a local wombat and a fox, which is kind of weird. I and love had that. anyone said to me, "Yeah, that's the truth," I would have gone, "Yeah, I don't think so." <laughs> but I've seen the footage myself numerous times of you know this princess prancing around out there but what I was doing wrong was I was just retelling a story too much they needed more drama at the start and they needed you know the good old show don't tell type thing so I learned a lot about description and being brave just to write something kind of wacky and out there and um a really good pitch letter, which I had to learn a lot about. Yeah. I studied, studied, studied how to write a synopsis because total waffler I am, really creative, but can I put the facts on a page? No. (laughs) I had to just take my creative hat off and um, unfortunately all of those things matter so much. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I just thought, oh, my God, love the books but no if you don't follow and every publisher has a different process yeah but I'm here to tell any picture story writer I was rejected I reckon 50 odd times Mm -hmm. but I just kept going one day and I plugged and plugged and plugged and got it (laughs) I love this you've obviously like even from the start of driving into this like you've obviously gone in with so much conviction of like no I'm gonna you know I'm gonna make this work you you went straight to publication you didn't just like sit on it you're like I'm gonna put this forward yeah. because I think it's amazing well I, I think you've got to because there's a million people that won't believe in you or or won't see your talent and you know I I'm in no way full of myself or anything like that but I just felt it was a cool story or a couple of cool books and I have more up my sleeves that also have been rejected a million times but I'll keep plugging away at those yeah but I think I've found my niche kind of in a bit of an older genre yeah so mm, don't know if I'll go back I don't know <laughs> yeah so tell, tell me about this so you've you, you've um, published a couple of children's books and then yes what like you said that you wanted a new challenge is that kind of how you moved yes yeah I I'm always a bit of a crazy psycho personal challenger. I don't know why I do this to myself. But I don't think that. I think it's an amazing creative mind. I think that I think it's fun to play around in in different genres. Just listen to my story first and you might change your mind. Um, I'm like I bet like you and like all of us writers, our minds never stop, right? Yeah. And and we see a story and everything and um I don't know, one day my mother-in-law had this beautiful blue lapis stone. Have you seen the lapis lazuli stone? Yeah, 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 beautiful. Okay, well, that's a beautiful stone. And she had one around her neck and I thought, oh, how cute. Like I could write a little picture storybook about that, about a little child jumping up on her lap and seeing the necklace. And somehow that morphed into quite a deep and dark young adult novel called Breathe Grace. So what happened was the more I started to research where the beautiful lapis stones come from, which is Afghanistan, and the lives those people live mining this beautiful lapis stone. And then, of course, that morphed into me reading about the oppression during the Taliban and um, women's rights and no no education. And, of course, I got on my high horse about that, as, as us women do. And then I thought, imagine writing a really cool story uh, fictional 
but you can imagine the amount of research I had to do because I had mm. zero clue, right, on this. Mm. Um, nor, this is not a topic you could pick up and just pretend to know about. Like, you would be really doing the beautiful Afghani people in it, an injustice yeah. if you yeah. pretended to know about a topic as sensitive as this. Yeah. So um, I spent a good year interviewing, researching, gathering information. Lots of people from Afghan communities wouldn't talk to me about mm -hmm. their stories. It was too painful and too deep. But I thought, how about combine a cool Australian teen who goes off the rails and he's in that anger teen phase um, and she's sent off in my book. My character is called Grace because I'm kind of obsessed with that name. Even my business name is brief, is Grace. Um, anyway, this young teen finds out that her dad is not in fact her father and her mum will not disclose anything about it. She knows her mum's Afghani knows nothing much else. Anyway, she's sent off to Nagina's farm in the middle of the Northern Territory, who's this mysterious grandma-type chick who she thinks is just a complete waste of space. And as the story unfolds, she discovers her grandma was actually an educator during the rule in the 1990s in, in when the Taliban, she was an underground educator of women. Wow. And it's still on the run to this day, uh, wanted by the Taliban for crimes against them, in including killing some Taliban soldiers, which was self-defence. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it, it is a story of, a, uh, of being a hero, of adversity, um, will triumph through adversity. And it, I can never end anything in a um, sad or a bitter yeah. way. I, I am yeah. a romantic. I have to have the hero and um but along the way it's got some pretty cool twists and turns so yeah nothing like my picture story I, I absolutely love that so much and I think you know it's those stories that bring out just like so many emotions but I also love just bringing yeah. so much realness into fiction yeah. it's a great way to keep keep history well, going at the same time you know, you know People also say to me, why? And I said, because I was so naive to, you know, you see it on the news, the Taliban, or you see, mm. you know, the burqas. But, you know, I was so naive. I, I didn't even really realise, and I'm ashamed to say it, before the Taliban reign, these women were just like you and me, Olivia. Yeah. They had mini skirts and they were, they were going to uni and they were doing all these things that we love and take for granted. And all of a sudden... They were locked in homes and burgers were put on them and everything else. But so I figured, why not get a really empowering story out there that's got a lot of facts in it yeah. of things that did happen so that young people can go, you know what? Not okay. Uh, I'm going to be the bit, bit of a voice of change. And Olivia, look, it's back. Taliban's back. Mm. Like, you know, it's the same things happening in Afghanistan right now, which my mother's very concerned about my personal safety, but <laughs> I'm like, mum, calm down. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I um, made sure it was gripping and fast-paced and a good thriller and a good mystery and had lots of um, cool teen um, sort of tantrums in there. But, yeah, she, she unpacks a lot and discovers a lot. I yeah. absolutely love that. And it's exactly how you said, like, it's... I, 
even though it's fiction, there's so much that you mm. can put in fiction to change the narrative of what we see on the general news that, that particularly here in Australia are yeah. so isolated from. Yeah. So I yep. think and and to bring that into Australia as well in an Australian story is beautiful. Yeah. And I've had a lot of feedback saying thank you. That was why is all this hidden from the media and it's because it is. But I also, as well as doing my story arc, I did an um, emotional kind of plot as well. Grace is actually um, quite a severe anxiety sufferer um, yeah. and has panic attacks. And I did that deliberately because... I also wanted to expose that there are lots of people like me that, that roll exactly like Grace and life can be really challenging when you are that way inclined. I wanted, mm -hmm. I wanted young people to go and I have had so many people, even tough biking dudes, contact me and say, how did you know that about Grace? How did you know that that's what went on inside her mind when she had a panic attack? And I said, because being there. And mm -hmm. he said, thank you. I know someone else understands me now. And that to me gave me goosebumps because it was never intended for that. It was intended for young people to go, okay, I feel that and that's okay. She can still be amazing and, and a hero, even though she suffers anxiety. So, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much of this I, I, I love because there's so much like passion beyond the creativity of the stories that you're, you're selling and, and, and portraying and creating because it's, it's providing yeah. so much more of that and you're obviously very character yeah. driven to be able to very um, yeah but that was a big learning curve for me because when I started novel writing and I know you know it's it's hard right I really had to stop and go well and I did huge wall profiles of well who is Grace mm. who is the grandma who is and, and, and everything they were and how they would react I was quite lucky in my first novel because a lot of Grace is actually me, so I knew how she would react in lots of ways. I shouldn't be giving that secret away, should I? <laughs> but in my next novel, uh, my this one, yes, Shadows, it's actually my best friend. So I had to constantly ring her up and go, how would you react to that? And she would tell me how she would react in this situation. I'd go, okay, and I'd write that down because it's not how I would react. <laughs> I love that too. I love that. Also, it's, it's you know, it's an interesting thing being friends with it when you've got a writer's mind because you can pick apart the psychology. That's, you know, it's a natural she thing. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, is everyone going to hate me now? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. How did you find reading that back the first time that you gave it to her? Yeah, she loved it. And oh she, she, she said, oh, a couple of times I shouted a bit because I was a bit harsh. And I said, no, no, that's how your character was. And you needed to be like that. And I wouldn't have reacted that way. But I needed my new character, Anya, in my new book to be completely different to Grace. You know what I mean? Yeah. You need yeah. them to be authentic in their own life. Yeah. 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 And what's the, <laughs> what's the whole plot of, um, is, it, is it The Shadows in My Mind? Yeah, what's the whole plot? Yeah, so what's my new one. Um, because I felt I hadn't challenged myself enough with the Taliban. Um, where do you go? Child trafficking! Yay! <laughs> Did this, okay, I just have to ask a question first. So yeah. the, when you first, so I love how all of this started with a necklace because when you first started diving into oh. 
yeah a whole, a whole other world is this kind of what's cascaded for you it's like bringing reality of, of what's going on in the world to life really yeah and then I couldn't stop so yes my um my little necklace became this whole massive mystery and then it wasn't long after I'd finished that and I was actually looking for a new book and I thought oh but I've super like I've, I've done something in my first novel that is quite thought-provoking and, and, and topical. And I did have publishers, particularly American publishers, if I can say that out loud, yeah, yeah. say, mm-mm, too topical, not touching Afghanistan or the this, Taliban. Good good writing, but not going there. Um, yeah, yeah. This which is was like, interesting. This is something I want to dive into too because I think that books like this, are particularly for young adults, is very important and in mm. traditional publishing, it is it can be very strict on what is allowed when it comes mm-hmm. to certain like demographics, particularly if they're young. But like, look at the world around us. Like, teens are exposed and to everything. Why why can't we give that information in like a safe way? You know what I mean? And and I feel I've done that. And I um. I'm also very mindful they're um, sort of just starting to be picked up in year 11 and 12 curriculums. Chisholm, oh, Scotland and um, a couple of other places, which is which was my dream because, you know, imagine empowering to the point where, you know, I'm 49 and I was so naive to both of these topics. So it wasn't long after Grace that I thought, oh, I, I need to, I want to do, I want to keep this voice alive and do something else really cool and Someone had said just in passing, oh, gosh, you know, have you seen um, the, the uh, uh, what's it called? The Association of Destiny's Rescue, which is a rescue co- um, place that go around the world and they save young girls. And I hadn't. And I had a little bit of look over at Thailand and then I had a look over here. And then I all of a sudden landed in Nepal and, and started to read some stories of how these young children were trafficked. Mm. stolen like even today it's actually worse now after COVID because there's less money in these countries and they're smuggled under the border in open borders that you know authorities are turning blind eyes to into India and never seen again Um, so I had to be really careful in the shadows in my mind because knowing it was a fairly young audience I actually alluded but stayed quite away from the whole sex trafficking thing yeah because child trafficking see i was so naive i've learned is an umbrella of slave labor um so organ stealing um so many things that children are working as maids as young as six like and so i did a lot more my characters are based a lot that was their life from nine a lot more than um yeah, I didn't really delve too much into um, the whole trade over there, which is rife and awful. But yeah. I thought if I'm going into schools, which I am, I, uh, you know, like tomorrow I'm actually doing an event with both of these books with young writers and, you know, yeah, I have to be a bit mindful of that. <laughs> yeah, but it's doing it in the right way where you can say, enough, you know, it's it's up to them and it's up to the reader if they're particularly, you That's know, right. young adult That's is right. very everyone Broad. progresses differently don't they like it they you, do. Know, you're, you can't yeah, like I know. These things I love it I love that you've gone and gone into this it's interesting though even though they're, they're titled young adult I actually probably have had 
higher reviews even just from adults about mm. um it's not a hard read but it's an informative read and it's fast paced and it's you know again in shadows i've got a, a young australian girl um who at 14 wakes up in, a, in an australian hospital and has trauma amnesia and has no idea she knows she's been moved from india by her adoptive family but has no idea really what her background was she knows she was saved and she's got lots of injuries and it's not until a mysterious correspondence comes from india that she realizes and is informed that she in fact has a twin still back in captivity in india and she wow. has to choose whether she goes back and faces her cat door and all of those memories flooding back or just goes Ugh. so it's her oh journey God. back and what she faces and the reality but i you know i've had a, a few people say whoa it's heavy and i've had to put it down or it's a bit dark in some places but the reality of that is some of the ladies in the brothels that have told me their stories so my fiction is based on them mm. one of the maids that stays as a cat door she's worked for 20 years for a trafficker and she doesn't feel her worth is leaving that that's a true story as well yeah. and and so it's i've had the honor of being able to yeah you tell those stories for people to go wow really <laughs> I can't get enough of this. I love what you are doing. Like this is this is what the gift of writing, I feel like, gives to the world, right? And yeah. and we're doing it in you're such right. a beautiful way. Like that's just like yeah. oh, goosebumps yeah, after um, the curriculum too. Like that's amazing. Oh, well, that's what, you know, my whole aim was. And um, I'm just slowly digging away and, and doing that and, and getting into more and more. So, um, yeah, I'm, I just am so excited to to do that and help yeah. the world really <laughs> tell me so much but I want to know more about the research process for you because there must be so much that goes into this so into it yeah, yeah. and so what, what's the point for you of like okay I'm going with this idea you've got interviews then you've got to put it all into like a, a fictional plot like how what is your whole planning before even the writing starts <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more I, background I, I don't I think we're all so different, aren't we? And yeah. um, I think I I research, research, research. And then when I think I've got enough, plus my, my characters, mm -hmm. I go for it. But right along the way, I always find I don't have enough and I have to stop um, and do more. So, for example, when I was um, <clears throat> writing, I thought I'd had enough and I was writing about the girls the day they got stolen by men in a van from Nepal and it was so uh goosebumpy for me because I realized you know how you write with your five senses I thought I've mm. got to take the reader back to that town so oh bless Google Earth right I was able to actually zoom in on the town on the street I was talking about and have a look at the buildings around and and it was so desolate I could so and it was just down the road from the actual orphanage that I uh, had so many talks with and they were just incredible people wow. and those children feel like that's their family and those my girls had been in that orphanage since two and weren't um, stolen until they were nine so that's a big whack of their life um, but you know those women oh and those people are just beautiful like 
that is one thing our society doesn't do as well, I don't think, as some other societies. Like, it really is the village raises the child. Mm. Um, mm, definitely. So, to, you know, obviously I would have loved to travel um, both to, you yeah, was brave enough, Afghanistan <laughs> and uh, India and Nepal. I didn't. Um, so maybe or maybe not that's not good enough. I don't know. But, you know, a lot of that was during COVID, so I couldn't anyway. But I did spend a huge amount of time online. There was a lot of reluctant people, especially with um, India, not wanting to share at all yeah. anything with me. Yeah. So I can understand that. You know, the, the minute I type an email and say, hey, you know, uh, what's your experience with this? They like, they go, ah, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I must say it, it keeps morphing all the time. So, for example, at the moment I'm writing um, – a historical um, thriller from the Qing dynasty, which is one of the last emperors and uh, royal families in China that ended in 1911. And wow. Today, yes, yeah, I'm writing about this cool ghost called Annabelle. And today in her letter again, I thought I'd had enough reading and, and research, but I hadn't. I've had to research today even, you know, what, to the point of what she would have looked like and, and what did she smell like? They were really into incense. So, and and because she was protected in royalty her whole life, how how would it have been for her to leave her royal family and get smuggled abroad to Australia that first time? And so I was back in China today, just cruising around. <laughs> oh my gosh! I I am also I love anything. I love reading historicals, but I am in awe of anyone who can write historical because I oh personally no. don't have the patience <laughs> no you would I didn't think I did either and but I go that next super challenge level um I'm writing from two points of view at the moment in my oh, new book and I have actually in my others a little bit but not as much as this time I'm going from Annabelle in 1902 to Annie in 2017 who is the oh, wow. great 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 granddaughter of Annabelle wow and they're both having a similar journey, but what it was like back then and what it was like in 2017. But you know the hardest bit? I'm finding I'm, I'm trying to binge watch a lot of, um, you know, Bridgerton and yeah, things yeah. like that. So I old language. Yeah. And young Because <laughs> it's not even, it's not even setting the scene. It's like you need to speak how they spoke back then and, and it's a whole new. Yeah. At the same time, it's so amazing because, I mean, obviously when you've got it's a story funny. that you're so passionate about and you want to yeah. bring it to life, yeah, it's almost like I you get to live it. a second life when you're like yeah. diving into this other world of like... <laughs> love other people's narratives. They're way better than mine. Like, yeah. <laughs> I have a heap of fun with that. So in my previous novels, I've always had um, the main character, like Grace, I always wrote in the first person because I feel you can get into their head so much better in the first person. Yeah. But anyone else that added a chapter in, which I had quite a few, was always in the third person. And I did that in Shadows as well. But the book I'm working on now, which is called um, Where the Driftwood Meets the Sand, I've done each character from the first person. So, <laughs> How do you go changing point? This is a really great question. How do you go changing point of views? Because... I feel like everybody is naturally drawn to writing one particular point oh, of view or 100%. the other. Yeah. So then so switching again, would be really hard. Really hard. And yeah. again, I found 
I had to make sure I had a really, really clear character profile. Yeah. So I knew back the front who Annabelle was, who was a 19-year-old stowaway from the last Qing dynasty in China in 1902. Like, how did she speak? What did she look like? What were her life experiences? You know, as opposed to Annie, and I even Googled, what did teens do in 2017? Because I had to make sure there was like internet and phones and what was their language? What were their issues? Because it's very different to even now. Yeah. Um, and so to jump into Annie's head, I made Annie really different to any character I had before. She's she's a recluse. She's She calls herself bland and she likes to go under the radar because her mum's actually a real extroverted celebrity reporter. Yeah. Um, so she doesn't, She she's different to any of my other teens I've done before. But I wanted to tap into that because recently I met a teen who um, I worked with a little bit who'd been self-harming and things like that. And I thought, your voice needs to be heard. You just don't think you're worthwhile. So wow. my new character is kind of a little bit based on on those young people that, and and the one of the, you know, the, the emotional arcs in my new story is you are good enough and you might not be as showy as that person or your other friend, but you know what? If you believe, you can do anything you want. So that's another little bit of, I, and her I, ghost grandmother will help her. <laughs> I love this so much. That is exactly what you're doing. You are being a voice for these people, you know, and I think yeah. that's exactly what you're, you're doing through your books and it's amazing. Yeah, I try. Yeah. Now, you just exactly how you've spoken now, I'm like, wow, you are the just epitome of a like of building a character and really getting to know your character. So if yeah. someone's like for advice for someone who is, say, writing their first manuscript or or like starting to think about a story arc, what would be your advice of really bringing out your characters in a story or how someone can can get to know exactly who they're writing? Well, I think, too, like I went the safe way first. I yeah. built a character really on me. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel to make your character authentic and relatable for your readers, you have to be inside that character's head, mm. right? You have mm. to know that character inside out, like what they would eye roll to and what they would go, oh, no way, you know, the bravado that might be fake that they're showing. So I learnt, I think, in the first write, when I got my first lot of advice, it was like your characters aren't enough. They're not They're not profound enough to, to, to knock a reader's socks off. So I went back to the drawing board and in my first book, um, Breathe Grace has a character called Tracker who's an Aboriginal older man and I just went to my dad and I said tell me about because we traveled around Australia a lot when I was yeah. really young tell me about some of the Aboriginal men you met um, he worked as a missionary out there for a while tell me and so I wrote everything down he said and and built a character around that and and who that man was so I could be authentic in that way but I found and an advice I would always give is as long as you can cope with a mess, um, even when you're writing, I have stuck, I'm really old school. Mm. Like I'm probably not all cool like you, Olivia, with all No, I need to be, I need it up in front of me because otherwise I'm like opening okay. too many screens. I agree with what okay, you're cool. saying. Okay, cool. Yeah, right? yeah. And, it's, yeah. and I'm going to be teaching this tomorrow to these young people. They're probably going to look at me and go, what? But 
get it up on the walls. Like, so I would have Grace and all these statements, you know, of who Grace was. And then I'd have Nagina, the grandma, and all these statements about, you know, the words that might describe her like stoic and uh, stubborn. And so every time I went to write in a bit of the plot, I'd look up and go, okay, if she is that, how would she react to that? She'd yeah. cross her arms or yeah. she'd rise her chin. Or So it was a constant reminder all the time not yeah. to not to fall back into your own head, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So she's not me, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I love that. That's that's really, really, really good <laughs> advice. And I, I like you have to, particularly as a writer, you have to keep things physical. Even just the physical act of writing the things down and keeping them up in front of you and, and being able to visually see it, I think is will all about a post it note. Yeah, <laughs> we'll never fade. All about a post it note. And to me, I'm so old school. I have the whole mountain going on, and I'm yeah. going to be teaching this tomorrow too. You know, you start, your middle, and your end, but all the little bits. And I'm forever going, oh, no, that doesn't work. Oh, put it back. Oh. <laughs> and I would say to people, like, there's no way any of my, what I thought at the start was going to happen, ended up happening. Like, I know some yeah. people are awesome planners like that. I'm not. Don't be afraid of those ideas in the middle of the night or when you're in the shower and you have to get out dripping wet and write something on a piece of paper because it's just brilliant. Um, <laughs> I have so many times in the middle of the night set up and gone yes I did it just the other day I realized how to end my book and I wrote it down but if I don't in the middle of the night I wake up in the next day and I go it's gone yeah yeah that's my greatest advice have a notepad and then oh it is so right it always comes through at the most random time like I I think Uh, the shower was a big one because it's like the one place that you're in that there's nothing else to distract you so like bother you a lot there but um it's it's always happening when you know you can get into these moments of like yes but you can't force it right you can't be like oh i'm going to be really creative now and make this happen and i'm gonna figure out the inappropriate times yeah it'll just completely happen and you're so right even if you do have a plot line something can happen that takes your story on a completely different and you've got to but don't be afraid of that like Mm. so what like i know there are awesome planners out there not really me yeah, that's okay. I, I'm with you on that. You got You got to have the both. <laughs> oh yeah, a bit of both. Yeah. I, I've been in the supermarket on the notes in my phone, going, "Oh yes." <laughs> yeah. Are <laughs> yeah. you like out? You're like out with to dinner with friends. Like, hang on, like just stop, yeah. guys. I really just need wait, to wait. write this down. <laughs> have you done to the rush to the toilet thing where you're typing away? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> and the next day you're like scrolling through of the things. Like, what was that? <laughs> I have random dialogue come through to me like that. It's a, it's an interesting time. Anyway. <laughs> It's always nice when you hear someone else does because you go, okay, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. My characters are still talking in my head. Like, (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) It's happening to all of us. It is, honey. It is, yes. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I have absolutely loved chatting with you today, Kelly. And I will make sure that I put all of your details of where to contact you, where to get all your books in the show notes. Oh, bless you. No, thank you so much for joining me. Thank I, you. I love it's chatting just, with you. You're huge. And it's an absolute honour to oh. have any of your time. So <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Um, is there any other last minute words of advice that you would pass on to writers, readers, etc.? You know what? Just believe you are enough to do this. And don't worry about what anyone else says. If the creative side brings you joy mm-hmm. and grounding and happiness, 
go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. (laughs) I love that so much. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kelly. Pleasure, Trisha.